This is John Jackson Miller, writer of Star Wars A New Dawn, and welcome to Execute Chapter 66. Hello and welcome to Execute Chapter 66, a Star Wars fiction podcast where we discuss canon, legends, and beyond. Tonight we are visiting an old favorite author again by reading Cloak of Deception by James Lucino. My name is Beth Van Dusen and with me as always are Ryan Schweck and Chad J. Schonk. Over to you first, Chad. All this time, it's the first time you messed up Schweck. I know, right? Uh, this is just a reminder that this is a book club and not a review show. We're going to spoil this book. In addition, over the course of our conversation, we may spoil anything Star Wars up into and including whatever the newest thing is when you listen to this. Uh, so that has been your spoiler warning. Ryan, what do you got for me? Oh, there's this gnat going on on the old holler net. <laughs> Surprisingly, it's very Lando focused this week. Yeah, Who would have thought. Um, I had given up on Lando. Yeah, you know, our first big news was that uh, apparently it was news to us and to Justin Simeon, the previous writer of Lando, that uh, Donald and Stephen Glover are now the writers. Um, I don't know. Is it true, or is this just? Uh, hey, everyone's on strike. Let's keep some info out there kind of that was my question like how can that decision be made right now well from at least some of the stuff they said like before the strike happened donald had kind of pitched his version of it and so this had been working for a while but you know justin the previous writer like they interviewed him i think a day or two before this broke and he said, I hadn't heard about it. I'm pretty sure I'm still on it. Like, <laughs> dude didn't know that he had been taken off of it. Um, you He's know, the guy who did, um, didn't he just uh, do something recently? Justin Simeon? Yes. And that was part of why I think um, it had taken so long. Because he just did Haunted Mansion. You're right. He did Haunted Mansion. That's right. right. And I mean, I guess people are ragging on Haunted Mansion because for some reason they feel Haunted Mansion should be like a Blumhouse horror movie instead of a family ride, like a family movie based on the freaking ride at Disneyland. Like, get over yourselves. They keep trying to do this Haunted Mansion thing. This is not the first time they've tried this. Mm -hmm. I liked the Muppets one. The Muppets one was good. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Muppets one scared my kids. I don't know that I've ever seen the Muppets one. I'll have to look at it. It's pretty recent. It was good. Um, and then on other Lando news, we're going to get our uh, Billy D. Williams autobiography. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I don't know. I, are y'all going to read it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't Depends. know. It's interesting. What's it called? Uh, it's, uh, um, what do we have here? What do we have? What here? do we have here? Right. Yeah. And, had to be, a, had to be a Star Wars quote. I mean, he's, he's in the Lando costume on the cover. Like, holding, <laughs> yeah, yeah, holding the the cover. <laughs> it's just him in the cape. It's just him in the cape. Well, it's gotta be a cape. 
I mean, I want a whole chapter about Colt 45. Like, <laughs> I'm sure he'll talk about it. Because it rules. He's got lots of things to talk about. He's, he's had it plenty of a career. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be good. I'm going to read it. I, don't know I saw him speak at Star Wars Celebration a million years ago, and he was a very charming storyteller. So mm-hmm. I would assume. Yeah. Um, over in toy news, a couple things. If you are a Black Series collector and you've missed stuff, do not buy any toy for inflated prices. Um, someone has leaked that they are about to massively re-release all the old figures that are worth a bunch of money. So, like... Plucoon, Triple Zero, the Emperor with the Throne, just all of them are going to come back out. Which is, I like that they're doing that in the Black Series line. They're, you know, purposely trying to keep costs down. Um, will we see Hut Slayer Leia? Who knows? We'll see. Um, I want all- that Triple Zero, though. Yeah, and that Triple Zero has been going for bank like uh bt and triple zero are two holes in my collection i wish i had yeah they're apparently going to be re-released here shortly um i ordered uh, the new r2 did you it's good i need to get a new r2 because it's the right size yeah and i didn't have one so yeah it's the new mold um so i'll probably end up getting one of those and i ordered pre vizsla oh yeah even though i have a gentle giant statue of pre vizsla but it's in his original armor mm-hmm. and this is in the new armor in his second armor. So yeah, I'm kind of glad they did the second armor. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad. Cause like I said, I, I probably wouldn't have picked it up cause I already had something that looked like the, his original armor. So yeah. Other toy news, the Haslab ghost is fully funded. Didn't God. take long. It did not. It is huge. It is amazing. I'm not going to purchase it because it's five hundred dollars. Can't do it. Can't do but it. But I hope somebody I know buys it. Well, everybody I was counting on aren't getting it. Like oh. everyone I was hoping was going to get it, so I could go visit it. And Dave's not it, getting it. Had it like a dog. They aren't getting it. So maybe one day I'll see it somewhere. But it's it it's looks packed. so sweet though. It does, and they did the phantom with it. And, you know, if it fully finds with all the tears, you'll get a full ghost crew. Like, yeah, it's it's nice, but I would have, I would have no room to put that thing anyway. Yeah, I neither would I. Um, in this week's uh, version of toys spoiling things, I think we all we already kind of knew this, but a list for Ahsoka figures and toys came out, and Anakin sure is on it. <laughs> so well, he's in the latest trailer. Is he? I don't know. Yeah. In the very latest trailer, there's a shot of him. It's in a hologram. I haven't watched the newest one yet. So they're putting out merch on him for it. So, well, it'll be. I completely forgot. Until I saw that, I completely forgotten he was supposed to be on the show. Yeah, I forgot until I saw that that list. I was like, oh, yeah, I think we knew that already. Like, we knew Obi-Wan, Ahsoka. I feel like it was like they said three things he's linked to somehow. Who knows what that'll be? Speaking of Obi-Wan. Just fun little connections. The new visual dictionary that just came out, they confirmed that the clone in Obi-Wan is Nax from the Clone Wars movie. He's in that little group, you know, that goes to where they go with the hut with Gordilla. You're talking about the the homeless clone? 
Yes. Yeah. 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 That was close. So there was always questions like, oh, we know who it is. But then that made me like think like, well, Obi-Wan's kind of a dick. Like, I know they all look the same, but you think <laughs> yeah, you probably guy, recognize him. Well, you think the guy would be like, hey, there's the hey, general. Yeah. You were my general. I went on this death defying mission with. Um, but that's cool. And then our final two pieces they have announced this year for Halloween. We're getting another Halloween special. This one is Mandalorian focused. Okay. But still Lego? It's Lego. Yeah. Okay. So they haven't announced the name of it, but they're going to continue with the holiday special. So maybe we'll get another Christmas Life Day one. They were good. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? And just for excitement, because we love it so much, Nora Wexley is going to be in a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi. I cannot wait. They did you see today in Antis like as a promotion for another point of view? A certain point of view, excuse me. They released like a paragraph or two of all forty stories. No. Like, who is reading this? Like the stories are only a couple of pages. Why would you want to read like one? No, I don't want to read a part of it. Like an excerpt of stuff. Although I do appreciate it. I did go through and look at the list of just the characters and what the story is called. Because I just wanted to see. And there's one that apparently is about the Sarlacc. And I think it's called My Mouth Never Closes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So now the Sarlacc is sentient. Uh, Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. And here's my question, too. That beak they added, your mouth does close, Sarlacc. (laughs) So let's talk about that. (laughs) But that is all we have going on in the news. What's going on in the funny pages? Well... Speaking of Return of the Jedi, we have um, Return of the Jedi, the Re- Return of the Jedi, the Rebellion, our 40th anniversary anthology series continues with a fun story about someone taking out a contract on Mon Mothma's life, but it features Kes Dameron and Shara Bay, so I'm a fan. Uh, Dr. Afro 34, Afro and Luke take on a creature called the Star Weird. It's cooler than it sounds. Um, although... With Afra in her book and Invader's book and Luke and Afra's book, but also in the main book, it's starting to really feel like comic books. Now, like, I, I don't know. I don't know where Luke is. I don't know where Afra is right now because she's in two different places in the two different books. Yoda number 10. The final issue of this really good Yoda series ends with him taking a venture into the dark side cave at Obi-Wan's uh, poking um, to face his fears and failures. It's a little anticlimactic uh, of an ending, but it's not that kind of book. So it's okay. But I really like this Yoda book and um, I don't know. I was a fan of it. Uh, and then finally, we have Dark Droids number one, Charles Sewell's latest mega event crossover deal. Uh, a sentient droid starts infecting other droids throughout the galaxy in an attempt to destroy sentience, sentient beings once and for all. And it looks like it'll cover things from droid sentience to droid rights and stuff like that. But it's hard to tell from the first issue because it's kind of presented as a horror story and it's also very weird. I'm going to need some time to form an opinion on this, which I will have. It's going to be the main event until the end of the year affecting all of the current Star Wars books. Dark droids. 
To start tonight's episode, we are, you know, a little delayed on talking about this, but that's the beauty of Disney+. Plus. You can jump on it at any time. It's always there for you. Unless you're trying to watch Willow. take it down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Unless you want to watch Willow. (laughs) Or that Crater movie. Then you're too late. That Crater movie. They put out a movie for like six days or something. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone was right about streaming. It's a scam. It is a scam. That's neither here nor there. Um, So we haven't talked about Vision Season 2 yet. So we thought tonight we would kind of just go through and talk about some of the highlights and there weren't a whole lot of lows in this season. Um, obviously the big difference between season one and two is this season. They opened up the countries, I guess countries is the appropriate. Yeah. And the styles uh, and- the styles. Yeah. It, it moved beyond your kind of traditional anime yeah. to just, Hey, want to make something World- that's kind of like star Wars, jump on in international anime animation. There you go. International animation. Um, So I thought overall this season collection, I don't know if it's seasons appropriate. Um, I thought this collection volume. Yeah, that's good. I I thought it was stronger than the first. I really liked the having the different styles of animation and the different yeah. countries. Like there was differences in the first season, but they of still kind of all felt very traditional anime for the most part. Whereas this one, yeah. you got to see such like wildly different stuff. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. I, some of the first season ran together for me a little bit because it was so much of it was traditional anime. And I think that's what I liked about this volume I guess better is that it's just every bit of it is different. And there is a traditional anime or two in there, but for the most part, surprising amount of um, stop motion, which I thought was a good inclusion. So overall, what would you say? We'll start with chat. What was your favorite short this season. I actually liked in the stars, the Chilean one, I think was probably my favorite. That was the one about the two sisters who were the Mm -hmm. last of their kind, who were the last two of their kind. It was done in this very cool stop motion, E claymation, E style. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, I just really liked the, I liked the characters and I liked the, um, uh, I just, I really, I really like the way it looked more than anything. Um, that was probably the one that stuck with me the most. In the stars felt, and it was definitely one of my favorites felt more than any of them, like a, a more complete kind of full story. Yeah. And the universe or whatever you want to call it, like you automatically understood what was going on without a lot of exposition, like they did a really good job of making you understand like the culture and what they were fighting for, what was happening. And 
Well, and, and the whole storyline about their mother and their mother being a Jedi and being killed for it, basically dying <laughs> fight fighting against the empire. And the, I love the little girl whenever she was trying to do the, whenever she, she would like stand in front of gunfire and try to f- deflect it with the force and her sister would have to pull her out of the way. Like you can't, you don't know how to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But she kept trying to use this, her mother's power. They, she assumed that they had their mother's power. And it turns out her sister at least does um, by the end of it. But uh, I didn't know any, I, I watched all these in English. I don't know if there was an option to watch them in their native language. Yeah, I'm not, not sure. But I watched them in English. Um, but, uh, I really liked into the stars and I liked that claymation-y type look. Um, but I also enjoyed speaking of claymation. I also enjoyed, I am your mother, the Ardman one I thought was, was a nice light romp as opposed to, it felt like an Ardman show, Ardman cartoon as opposed to feeling like a star Wars thing, but it was, there were no Sith in it, which I liked <laughs> Yeah, because a lot of these have Sith. A lot of these have Jedi and a lot of them have Sith. And they want lightsabers. And that one didn't have any lightsabers. That one was just a, a girl who's embarrassed by her mom who wants to do a race and ends up racing uh, alongside her mom with a basically in the family jalopy. And uh, I enjoyed that one. See, I feel like that one could have been set in any universe, though. Cause, sure. And, and that's fine. It's a girl's embarrassed by her mom. We all know that feeling. We've all been embarrassed by our moms. That one, I I don't know the first thing about Wallace and Gromit, other than that is a thing that exists. So I didn't have any kind of connection to it. But it, the the In the Stars and I Am Your Mother were fine. I just didn't, didn't feel a particular connection to either one of them. Which would you like? What was yours? Oh, well, I liked Sith. The first one. The first one. Um it's just so beautiful. The splashes and the splatters of color. And I, I, I want to know a lot more about her story. And that's the only thing that disappointed me about that one is who are you? Who are you running from? Who are these people? I, I want to know about all of that because she obviously was a Sith at some point, but the, just the style of that one. And I think because it was the first one, when I first watched it, that was when it really went, Oh, wow, this is something different this time. This is absolutely not anime. That one and really, I mean, it's, honestly, it's like it's some it, of those. Go sorry, go ahead. I, that's some of those beautiful animation I've ever seen. Like the artistic, I guess, direction of it, I thought was just amazing. <laughs> My first thought when I saw the, the woman, the main character, I was like, wow, Anne Flux got old. But but she still looks fantastic, and it's such it's so beautifully done. I love every bit of the art style, even if the story isn't a full, complete point A to point B story with any kind of a an arc to it. It's just so beautifully done. Yeah, that one. I I think you're right. Like it didn't have the full story but it kind of reminded me of the 10th jedi from season one where i wanted to see more of it like you said i wanted to see like all right what happened how did she leave i'd like to continue with the character yeah like the ronin one yeah or the ronin which we did which we did continue Mm -hmm. with 
Yeah, I'd yeah. be happy to read a book about her. Yeah, I think that would be a really cool thing for them to do if they would. Like, just pick one every once in a while and just build a book around it. And I, I, I did like the book. story of the Bandits of Golak. The I animation, like that one a lot. The animation wasn't anything crazy I hadn't seen before, but the, the story was really good. And the music, that style of music in a Star Wars setting was very, very cool. Well, yeah, it was a very, I mean, it's from India. Yeah. And it felt Indian, which I liked, down to the names. You know? And I liked that it was uh, filtered through that cultural lens. Um, and, and gave a, a, yeah, an Indian take on the Star Wars universe, which was really cool. That was the other one I wanted to mention that I really liked. I do like in that one, too. It continued the tradition of the Jedi will make you ditch your family. <laughs> Like a lot of these, end, a lot of these yeah. end that way. Just There's more than one. You. you can go with them. It's fine. You can be the lightsaber carrier or something. Like you don't. There's have more to. than one that ends that way. Yeah. There's uh, Scre- Screechers song? Reach. Screechers Reach ends that way, doesn't it? With the well, Screechers Reach is running off with a Sith, though. Well, yeah, yeah. Which I liked that twist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I'm trying to write Screechers Reach. That's the Irish one. With the kids, with the are, kids going to the cave, with the yeah, I I did not care for that creepy Sith witch thing. <laughs> oh, I thought that was cool. I yeah, was I was cool. cool. I saw that thing. I was like, no, get on out of there. When I was looking at this, I was trying to figure out which one like I liked the most or I want to talk about, and and the stars was definitely up there, but surprisingly. I think the one I ended up kind of liking a lot was the spy dancer. Yeah, the animation was beautiful. There's also lots of murder. Lots of murder. When she's like running around putting bombs on the back of their heads, I was like, yeah, eat it, crappy Imperials. Like, I would argue the most depressing one is maybe the pit. Oh, yeah. That one was dark. <laughs> but that time lapse animation was super cool. Oh, yeah. No, it was really well done. But the idea that the Empire would put these people in these pit to mine Kyber. And then when they finally finish out, when they finally have stripped the mine entirely, they just leave them in the pit. I mean, were you surprised? (laughs) No. Seems like some shit they would do. No, but it was pretty, it's pretty hardcore. (laughs) Yeah, it was real grim. (laughs) When they got to the end, you know, and they have the uplifting the town comes and helps and all that i did immediately think like one had to get out and been like come on y'all you you knew we were down there like (laughs) don't you know know we've been slaving away yeah Yeah, dicks (laughs) (laughs) yeah surprisingly the only one that i didn't have any note about at all was the traditional anime one the journey to the dark head Eh, it's fine the korean one Yeah, yeah it was fine it's fine yeah i didn't care that much about that one he said it was just kind of there the spine answer was was very french yeah yes there was a little triplets of belleville in there a little bit in the anime in the style and uh yeah it's definitely definitely french i liked uh and i i'm gonna say it wrong it was an au au song Uh, au Um, something like that 
I think I just like it's just three one. vowels in a row. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what they want from us. <laughs> She's like singing to the crystals and the music and all that. And maybe it's just because I miss Avar Chris. <laughs> but I was like, oh, look, Song of the Force. <laughs> no, um, that one was cute. I liked the little the the little felted animal animations. That one was very cute. I think we've actually, do we talk about all of them now? Yeah. I think we oh, didn't yeah. touch on all of them. We only didn't touch on, um, no, we talked about the pit, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, we talked about all of them. Yeah. I agree with you. I think uh, I enjoyed this season, I think, more than the last season mm-hmm. because of the variety. Um, I just watched these yesterday. I did. I never I got around to them. I just watched them for the first time yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, I just never. I just didn't get to it until we had until I had to, <laughs> and um, and it turns out that I was wrong. Like not that I was wrong. It was I didn't think I wasn't going to enjoy it. I just for some reason didn't get to it in the same way as and I haven't watched the last three issues of Secret Invasion yet. Um, I will say today's Secret Invasion does pick up a little bit. It's fine. does it get I better? Because I, I only watched, watched the first episode and did I only watched the first episode and didn't really care. It took till today, and I was like, "Okay, here." I'm working my way through Strange New World so I can cancel Paramount. I'll get to. uh, I'm not canceling Disney. I'll get to that later. I think if they had stuck with the traditional anime, I'm not sure that I would have cared as much. Might have gotten a little old. I was wondering if on my second rewatching, because I watched them all again on Monday for the second time, I was wondering if my opinions would change. But really the only thing that stood out as different to me on the second watch was I liked Screecher's reach more just cause I liked that twist that it, it's not somebody good coming to get her off planet. She's going to go be evil. I was thinking, so they're clearly doing a season three and it's going to be, you know, open again to whoever I do kind of wish I, they would, they wouldn't do it, but I wish they'd let Filoni do one. Like, Tell Filoni, like, look, man, you can do any story you want and just make up no canon, no nothing. Right. And do it in that style. And do it in the clone. Yeah. In the clone and so you'd style. see something like completely original in that style, I think would be interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I liked this opening up to other, uh, to other nations. Um, we talked about this a while back when they announced this, like, I have no idea what Chilean animation looks like or you know what's you know even you know what uh what indian animation looks like you know and obviously these aren't indicative of entire countries entire genres but um still it was neat to see stuff from other countries that we normally wouldn't see i feel very sophisticated and worldly when i watch it yeah (laughs) that way like when my wife comes in what are you doing watching foreign films watching some chilean Chilean artists Some Chilean animation. <laughs> Which, of course, the immediate response would probably be like, yeah, no, that's Star Wars. <laughs> okay. Does it count as foreign films, though? <laughs> Does it count as watching foreign films? I'm going to say technically yes. I'm going to, I can add to my resume co host of a literature podcast yeah. and liker of foreign films. Liker of foreign films. <laughs> foreign film connoisseur, if you will. We return to the words of James Lucino in his prequel prequel novel, Cloak of Deception. 
Set in the weeks, months, days, I'm not sure, before The Phantom Menace, it takes that film's trade disputes and trade taxation and makes them, dare I say, interesting. The terrorist group known as the Nebula Front threatens the activities of the monopolistic trade federation. They have hired Captain Arwen Cole to carry out terrorist acts against their business including against the, the trade Federation business, including robbing a trade Federation ship of their help me here. A rhodium. Yeah. A rhodium ignits worth billions of credits. However, Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi are hot on the trail of the terrorists. He used the word terrorists a lot in this book. We're going to talk about that later. Uh, Cole escapes fleeing in his ship, the Hawk bat. Fearing more trouble, the Trade Federation petitions the Galactic Senate to allow them to increase their number of droid fighters, battle droids, and other defenses. Valorum considers this, but only if he can tax some of the trade routes that they hold on advice for Palpatine. Palpatine's pulling the strings on all this. Uh, this sparks a debate, and a summit on Eridu is scheduled to be held on the matter. Taking extreme measures, the Nebula Front sets plans in motion to assassinate Supreme Chancellor Valorum at the summit to prevent the taxation. Cole has been hired by a mysterious being known only as Havoc. He travels throughout the Outer Rim, hiring several several experienced assassins. Unknown to him, however, Havoc has set another plan in motion. Meanwhile, the Jedi Council, along with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, steps in to track down Captain Cole and the would-be assassins. With them are some other cool prequel-era Jedi, including Yaddle, who speaks like Yoda in this, unlike current canon, and the avian Jedi Vergeer who plays a large part in the future of the galaxy back in the old expanded universe. On Eridu, Cole dispatches his helpers throughout the capital city. He is ambushed by Havoc after realizing this true target. His girlfriend is murdered, and he is left for dead. Most of the assassins are captured by the outside Jedi and the summit build. Uh, most of the assassins are captured by the Jedi outside the summit building, but one remains inside, a sniper, who has been given the order to fire at, fire at but miss Chancellor Valorum. The Jedi find Cole, who agrees to help them. They discover the sniper a second too late, but are surprised when he misses his target. Cole and Havoc get into it, get into a fight, and both men are killed in the fight. Sorry. Cole and Havoc get into it, and both men are killed in the fight. Back on the summit floor, the Trade Federation security droids draw their blasters, influenced by a single droid present that didn't require a central control computer, which we'll probably talk about how battle droids work. Um, with a shield activated for safety, the members of the Trade Federation are trapped. The droids kill them all while the crowd watches stunned. Only the Nemoidians, including Newt Gunray, are spared. In the ensuing shock throughout the galaxy, the build attacks to tax the trade lanes is passed by the Senate, and the Trade Federation is given permission to arm themselves even further. Valorum, upon returning from the summit, learns that he is under investigation for corruption, given that billions of credits worth of Aridonium ignits, much like the ones stolen at the beginning of the story, were put into a dummy account that could be traced to him. All this scandal will help when a certain senator calls for a certain vote of no confidence in the near future. Later, the leading members of the Federation of the Trade Federation are named, and they are all Nemoidians. Darth Sidious later meets Newt Gunray on the bridge of his ship, suggesting they invade Naboo for revenge against Palpatine, who helped pass the bill. Everything that had just happened, Sidious assures them, is all part of the plan. So how do you feel about that trade dispute now? Well, before we start, I would like to say that you've left out the most important thing in this book. Probably. Plukun content alert. (laughs) Plukun is is featured in this book, and 
and respects him as the badass Jedi he is. Okay, moving on. Plo Koon is in this book. Yes, it's true. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't mention him because I thought his inclusion was was less notable than Yaddle, who we don't see a whole lot of, and definitely Vergier, who's a yeah. character. Who's a character? Who's this bird Jedi mm-hmm. from the expanded universe? Ends up going evil, and yep. how? She was a New Jedi Order character, right? She was from the New Jedi Order series. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was this ancient jet, this old Jedi that uh, ended up messing with galactic affairs and in the old New Jedi Order books. Um, so that was a cool little thing. So when so when Lucino got this book assignment, Phantom Menace was already out, and he was given a script for Attack of the Clones. Now, he should have offered to do a rewrite, but that's a whole other story. He was given the script to Attack of the Clones and said, here's a couple of names told by Lucas himself. Here's a couple of names that I want you to include in the book. Here's a couple of things I want included in the book. But besides that, tell a prequel to the prequels. And and uh, and that's what we got. It was called Good Deception. Um, so let me get this straight. The Trade Federation has a monopoly on the outer systems, but they pay no taxes, right? Because they're in the free trade zone. So in the free trade zone. But they're also harassed by pirates all the time. Uh Uh-huh. So Valorum wants to, well, Palpatine convinces Valorum to tax the trade routes. And the the taxation of those trade routes goes again, will hurt the Trade Federation more than anybody. To get back at them, the trade. So, so once that happens, the Trade Federation, who s- apparently supply, supplies Naboo with everything, decides to do the boycott of Naboo or the the siege of Naboo and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so I'll explain now. So, so that first line of galactic trade routes are in dispute. The first line of uh, Phantom Menace and the Crawl. This book explains it. I'll say the craziest thing about this book. Every time it got to like lightsabers and, you know, Jedi doing action things, I was like, no, 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 no. Get back to get back to the trade stuff. <laughs> I was like, this is fascinating. Like Lucino can write some boring stuff and make it sound so interesting. It's crazy. I wish I wish he'd um consulted Lucino before episode one well it just it makes it all make so much sense and it and not even just for phantom menace like even past that i mean you know like you said he had the clone war stuff it makes the separatists make sense yeah like yeah why they left like they did and like what the republic did and I think what the most amazing part of it is, good old Sheev, like the way he writes Sheev and the way Sheev pulls crap on both sides while completely staying in the middle and doing nothing himself is amazing. Yeah. There's so many conversations where he's like, yeah, man, like I, I agree with you, but uh, this king over here and. You know, I got to sit this one out, but I totally support this. Now, on the yeah. floor, I may not say that, but I got you. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. General well, Zod is like, all right, I trust you. You're very smart. God. 
Yeah. In this too, it makes it makes the trade federation seem like they have a little bit of a point because in this they've they've gone out and done the hyperspace routes. There are no um, graphs. There are no Santecas. The the trade federation is the one who made these hyperspace lanes. So don't they have some kind of right to them? Because you know the graphs and the Santecas were profiting from that shit. So. Surely the Trade Federation, if they made these hyperspace lanes, have some kind of right to get some money out of it. But they have. That's the thing. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously they have. They have. I'm not saying it makes them the you know victims, but it, it makes it to where you can see their side a little bit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It does a good setup, too, of separating what the Trade Federation is and New Gunray and all of that. Yeah. Like, cause you're right. Like before Newt Gunray and Lot Dodge and all them kind of step in and take it all over, which is how it's presented in the movies. Pretty much the trade federation are the Nemoidians. Yeah. And in this, you find out, yeah, they didn't used to be <laughs> like, is this book more racist towards Nemoidians than they used to be than, than current canon is because current canon, remember it was a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Had the attack on Nemoidia, on Cato Nemoidia, mm-hmm. and the whole point of that book was most Nemoidians are pretty okay people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was it's, Brotherhood. It, only, these, uh, only these handful of ruthless ones that happen to be Nemoidian. This one was a little more like Nemoidians are like this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but Well, he was working from the material he had at the time, too. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, what I really liked was that this book also shows that the Republic was in trouble whether there was a Sheev or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like, like the, the Republic was, this was going to happen in one way or another, you know, and, and Sheev knows that the Jedi are maybe the only thing holding it together. And that's why it's part of the plan. But things are, things are not good. Things are corrupt as hell. Um, the bureaucracy is at a standstill. They can't, even the planets that need help, they can't help them. I mean, I know they show that in Phantom Menace where like, you know, Padme's like, they've invaded our planet. And the Senate's like, well, we're going to have to discuss this, you know. Um, let's make a committee. Uh-huh. Right. Let's ma- let's put this in committee. And so I thought they did a really good, he did a really good job of showing like, no, this is a republic that's on its last legs anyway. Well, and I like that part of that too is she basically installs Masamata as vice chancellor just to screw everybody. Like, everybody's like, this guy's coming and all he does is committees. Like, we're in deep trouble. And yeah. of course, she's like, oh, yeah, it's rough, man. I, I don't know. I'm not going to vote for him. And <laughs> like, pushes him in. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that we got a little bit of the kind of this Valorum family history, you know, that they've been serving public servants for generations and generations. Um, it gives a little more character for Valorum, who was always, despite being played by Terrence Stamp, always kind of a nothing burger of a, of a character uh-huh. in the movie, at least. He, he's, he's, I mean, he's, he serves his function in the movie, but he was never much of a character. Yeah. This kind of gives him the, he's a, good guy he just knows he doesn't really have any power he really can't do much yeah yeah i think it's just out of his hands at this point that it's just things are just bad <laughs> you know and so so it, it makes sense to me that 
you know, we, we, they talk about, and when we go back to Darth Bane and, and, and the idea that, you know, of being pay, of the rule of two, but also of being patient and, and Darth Bane, you know, until he goes crazy and decides he wants to live forever. Darth Bane's original concept was that this, that he, he would not get to see the, the Jedi fall, but and the Republic fall, but one day. And, you know, and it, and it, it makes sense why Sheev is the one that accomplishes it. It's not because he's smarter than all the others. It's because he took advantage of the situation that was already happening. Um, you know, yeah, he's behind the scenes and he's pulling all these strings to make things worse, but even without him, I don't think things are going that well. And, um, and so I think it's really smart. I guess Luciano too is the first, we get a couple of scenes in this book where you have kind of your average day-to-day person, not trusting the Jedi and not wanting them to be there. Yeah. And this would have been the first time. Cause you don't see that in Phantom Menace. Yeah. Well, you and the Moidians don't want them there. In Phantom well, Menace. they were like the That's bad guys. Bad. Yeah. 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 But these are like the average people. They're like, oh, these guys again. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I don't know. How happy are you to see the cops? That's true. Until you need them. <laughs> Until you need them. But in general, how happy are you to see the cops? Man, Qui-Gon just doesn't give a shit about what the council wants, does he? Ever. He sure does not. Ever. I cannot <laughs> believe they put up with his BS. <laughs> He's just like, nah, I don't care what you say. I'm going to go do this other thing. Oh, like, like, the, come the back. thing you explicitly said not to do? Yeah, I'm doing that. <laughs> he, he, he gets called back to the temple and he's like, nah, I'm not going. Obi-Wan and I got this other thing to do. <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. And it's, it's explicit. It's not a suggestion. It's an order. And he's just like, nah, we're going to. He's like, what are you going to do? Fire me? <laughs> I'll go hang out with Dooku. <laughs> Y'all aren't me. paying me. <laughs> yeah. No, they get paid. They get paid. What, what book was that that showed the Jedi getting paid? They get like an allowance. Right. Was it was it Brotherhood? They had some God, money. I don't remember. But there was some book where, where the Jedi had money. Mm-hmm. I remember where a Jedi had some money and it was like, yeah, they got like a stipend <laughs> um, to live out in the world. I remember they had like emergency funds and stuff. I don't remember. In what various book it was. books, they had emergency funds. I don't remember what story or book it was from, but I do know it was something having to do with a Jedi having a paycheck <laughs> of some sort. Um, but uh, yeah, Qui-Gon. Because <laughs> uh, I mean, this is a little bit, it's not entirely, but it's a little bit of a Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan book. Um, mm-hmm. There are our early Jedi in it. Um, I wasn't too enamored with Cole. thought he was kind of generic. Yeah. As a bad guy. Um, my, honestly, my first thought about him was Arwen's a girl's name. I mean, Cole, he's just there. He kind of serves his purpose. I liked when he gets betrayed. I like. I liked when mm. it was like, oh, no, you know, we actually don't need you for this. Um, the, the terrible setup, too, where they like leave the hollow projector on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Try to I appreciated that Qui-Gon was like, yeah, no, come on, y'all. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is staged. No. Yeah. And is he a Qui-Gon too going against the Jedi stuff? I also like that he just wants to fight Cole and they're like, Hey, calm down, buddy. And he's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going no. to get this dude. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's asking for it. Did they really explain his obsession with him? Or, I mean, he was already on his tail no, when the book starts, no. right? He was on his tail at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And then he just got more on his tail. He's like, nah, I'm not going to do anything you say. I'm going after Cole. This would make me think, too, a lot about... This has got a lot of Qui-Gon's concentrate, be in the moment. Living force. Like, yeah. Living force stuff. And you've got Yoda arguing with him. Yeah. And then between this and Empire, Yoda changes. Like the story changes. Like that's where he has that speech about your mind is never on the present. You're always. Right. Like, is that Yoda's story? Like, does he realize, like, I would like to see that more in depth when Yoda realizes, like, whoops, a daisy. Maybe if I had concentrated on the living moment in the now, I would have seen the Sith in front of me. He gets real sad in the new Yoda comic. Like, it has him breaking down and admitting that it was all his fault. And it's 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 actually really heartbreaking. I was going to say, that sounds upsetting. It's very heartbreaking. But I think that he disagrees, you know, but 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 at the same time, Yoda's always been the Yoda of all of them is the one that has, even though he talks about the future, the future always being in motion, he's the one that kind of has the most future visions, right? He's the one that sees the future the most. He's the mm-hmm. one that that gets, you know, or you know, he. I mean, he basically, if you go back to Phantom Menace, uh, he basically predicts that Anakin's bad news. He sees that Anakin's bad news and he still lets him. He tells Obi-Wan. He, remember, he's the only one on the council. Well, we assume Mace, but he's the only one on the council that says no to Anakin. The rest of the council allows him to, allows Obi-Wan to train him, but Yoda's not for it. So Yoda spends a little more time thinking about the future, thinking about how the Jedi can affect things. And yeah, and that that contradicts with, with Qui-Gon, who believes in just living in that moment. And letting the force take you where the force takes you. And he's such a Jedi hippie. He is a Jedi hippie. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. He is. He is. He's, a, he's like a yoga instructor. <laughs> I did notice there's a weird scene towards the end where Havoc is basically like, yeah, that's not my name. They don't know who I am. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, Havoc's going to like, there's going to be some big reveal. About and they never told us. Who Havoc is. And then he dies. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was I was put off by that too. I kept waiting for that reveal that he was going to be some character that we'd already met, or mm-hmm. or something. But no, he just <laughs> he just died without us knowing his name. I mean, he did I go always- by he did go by Havoc. I mean, he kind of deserve it. Yeah, you deserve to die. Yeah. Um, so one thing I noticed was the word judicial pop up a lot like probably more than terrorist and i just searched it on my kindle 72 times in this book and this not long book judicial pops up and at points it almost makes it feel like the jedi they're flying around in judicial ships like especially at the beginning it almost makes it sound like they're an arm of the republic like they work for the republic rather than you know being helping wherever they're needed to help. And part of that is helping the Republic, but it makes it sound a little bit like the Jedi are actively like they report to the Republic. Well, the judicials are the the boss. The judicials are the cops, right? Mm -hmm. They're just course cops, the judicial department. But yeah, he has them. He does have the Jedi working with them pretty closely. 
I think we're at that phase, though, of the story where the Jedi do work for the Republic pretty much full time. I mean, they have to get permission to do, go on missions, and it makes sense for Lucino too. If he's read Attack of the Clones, yeah, where that really starts to hit, right, yeah. right. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Where they're they're going to become generals for the Republic, right? I was a little off put by his use of the word terrorist. 66 times. It seemed to. It's a lot too. It really painted those characters in a way that you couldn't understand. You couldn't sympathize with them if they're terrorists. You know, Mm -hmm. he never, he never, he never looks at the other side of it and calls them freedom fighters or, or rebels or anything like that. It's just terrorist, terrorist, terrorist every time. And uh, I thought that was a little, little much. Uh, labeling them that so obviously and so often (laughs) he uses the word quite a bit like you said Mm -hmm. so that was that was a little off-putting to me um just just give it given the given the weight that comes with that word well especially at that time too i mean this book comes out in 2002 right and maybe that influences it, it you know yeah maybe that influences it we're not you know 2002 yeah, that would make sense. But he also, I mean, I feel like he writes the Nebula front. There's some sympathetic stuff for him. Yeah. Where they're kind of like, look, you're like you're going to, what's going to happen here is you're going to tax the trade federations and they're not paying for it. They're just going to hike up the prices on us. Just going to make Still your timely <laughs> folks. Just going to make your, just going to make your cheeseburger cost more. Mm-hmm. So then why are they so adamant against it? that's the case or they just they just would rather not deal with it i mean i think they make more money least, they just want the trade federation gone is what i got like yeah oh the nebula front yeah 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 well and the nebula front like it's interesting because it's it's not just it's not a terrorist cell it's a it's a whole movement the the ones that we're dealing with in this there's a it's a splinter group right that are right. that are yeah. like doing using terrorist methods but the Nebula Front's more of a movement, you know, yeah. of, of people just saying like, no, we're anti-trade. Fa-. You know, it's like uh, Occupy Wall Street or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Which I guess doesn't make as much sense later because they would be what you would think become the separatists. The separatists. But the trade federation's on Separatist side. their side. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of them too, I did like New Gunray when he's talking about Sheev. And he's like, he's a Sith. Like, I mean, I don't know if he can do magic or not. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, I don't know. I thought they were dead, but uh, so far it all checks out. <laughs> so far, everything he said has turned out. So what are you going to do? Like, have we seen, I don't think we have. Have we ever seen like the first contact of Sheev and the Trade Federation? No, this is as early as we get. Yeah, I think this is earliest. I mean, like, is it like a cold call? And like Newt picks yeah, up and I there's like know. just this like dude in a robe and he's like, All You right. work for me now. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a little bit like how uh, the mother gets in touch with the um queen of Irimer Arano, one of the two. Yeah. I remember. Oh, yeah. And kinda kinda starts manipulating things behind the scenes mm-hmm. with with there. Reminded me of that a little bit. Notice that it, it, it was really funny. They would because this is before Tarkin was written, obviously, because this is a Legends book. 
before before Tarkin. So it would have a list of senators to be like Balantilles from Alderaan and so and so from this and so and so from this, and all using first and last names. And then it would be and Palpatine because mm-hmm. he had no first name. <laughs> so every time it would just be and Palpatine. It was always Bail Antilles, but it was always just Palpatine. Well, you got to say Bail Antilles full name so you don't confuse him with all the 12,000 other Antilles out there. Any other bales. Like it's a very, very con. I, I but see, I kind of like that. I like the fact that like Antilles could be like Smith and Bail could be like John. And that's just <laughs> that's just what you what your name is if you're from Alderaan. It's just very common, you know. It's like Kim, it's like Kim from Korea, you know. Yeah, you can't just keep making up names. Eventually, it's just going to be. Eventually, some of them are going to get reused. And then you end up with Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing left. I don't know Kevin. <laughs> just call him Kevin, but spell it with an A. Don't you dare disparage space, Kevin. Just, just spell it with an A. Hero, Kevin. Well, I guess, and that's a question we should ask, we try to ask with these books, is um, could this be canon? Yeah. Yeah. There's um, a few I things mean, here the whole, and there. The Yaddle thing bothered me, but at the time, obviously, nobody knew any better. Yeah. I mean, I like to think Yaddle was just trying to, like, be impressive. She was like, hey, you know, if I talk like Yoda, people will respect me more. <laughs> <laughs> I think it said her age, and I think her age was a little bit off. Yeah. From current is, things. and This is before Yaddle lived her truth. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't speak like Yoda. <laughs> before she came out as a non-backwards talker. Yeah. Um, I also think, speaking of names, I still hate Poof is a Jedi name. Yeah. I just yeah. don't like it. Every time I read it, I'm like, Poof. It's just Poof. not good. I agree. No, I I did, though, got a little little inner smile after so long in the High Republic, seeing names like Pasal Argente and uh, St. Pestage again. It was like putting on an old blanket. Like, oh, yeah, St. Pestage is back. Orn Frita is still fatting around being a jerk. Oh, yeah, I tell you, when we got to Orn Frita, I think I actually said, on, oh, not this asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Always this asshole. <laughs> Um, he's such a scumbag but i love it i think yeah i I think there's no reason why like you said there's details here and there but besides that like the story itself it's almost essential yeah (laughs) to to go along with it you know yeah it it makes it better like so so much of of this era of writing makes the movies better it enhances them yeah And, and to know that like Back then, at least, Luke, I mean, Lucas was active with this stuff. You know, he was engaged with the books and everything, too. You know, I mean, he's the one that, you know, finally told, I mean, it was, he chose Lucino to, to unveil Sheev's name in Tarkin, right? Like that was, he, 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 he was more involved with some of this stuff than we think, you know, it wasn't just, he handed over the license and let people do this stuff. He, He cared about this stuff. For this to come out in 2002, like the same year as Attack of the Clones, like, yeah, I mean, I read this when it came out. I don't, I didn't remember much of it. I just remembered that it was a prequel to the prequels. But reading it again, yeah, the the whole, it's just a little magic trick that he does to make the trade dispute interesting. 
mm-hmm. and to make it make sense. And it stands up for that. I like to go back and read Plagius and then go straight into this book. See how they let line up. Cause they all, they do overlap. Um, yeah. Towards the end, towards the end, they would be overlapping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this book concentrates more on Palpatine than it does on Sidious. Yeah. Right. It's mostly, it's mostly just his, you know, his forward facing front. I mean, there's appearances by Sidious. It's very much like the Phantom Menace in that way. Um, where, you know, Sidious just appears as a hologram. But, um, uh, he meets him in real person once, though. That bugged me, too. Yeah. Like, New Gunray meets Sidious in person. And I'm like, come on, y'all. There's yeah, no Yeah, he way. absolutely would not do that. <laughs> like, you wouldn't recognize him. Like, yeah, he's got the hood. He's got the hood on. and Yeah, I've worn hats before, and people have recognized me. Uh, so, Beth, what giant tome are we reading next time? Well, we are going to dip back into the world of Admiral Thrawn with Timothy Zahn's Outbound Flight. Very cool. Big book. Yes, it is. So I'm glad we've got a little time to read There was a Joris Saboeth mention appearance. Yes. In this yes. book. Yeah, that was cool. That was very cool. Well, Not- we'll get to see a whole, whole lot of Joris of hot Sabaoth action. Yep. <laughs> very soon. I forget. Put a shirt on Joris. <laughs> is that just the clone that wears the shirt off or is that the real guy? I don't know. I don't remember. No, but I can't not picture him with the sh- without the shirt. on. <laughs> without the well, shirt. Okay. Dude, so maybe, abs. I mean, I can't blame him. Right. I mean, I think we can. Yeah. In Star Wars, you know, in Star Trek, if you have a mustache, you're evil in Star Wars. If you don't wear a shirt, so Darth Maul, Kylo Ren, you just take that shirt off. Oh, so you take your if shirt off and you're evil. Okay. Your badness. Thank you guys for joining us, and we will talk to you all very soon. Here's a final note think of Sheev without a shirt on. Good night, oh. folks. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Little shriveled up Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if his chest looks like his face. Oh, God. (laughs) Well, that's going to keep me awake at night.